0: Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and we will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. <sighs> mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And we, and should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our independence day
1: you are listening to loud on the set with kyle and james
2: a level-headed movie critic meets a loud-mouthed movie cynic and action
1: all right welcome back to the show my name is kyle is James. And today, James,
2: what are we doing? Independence Day.
0: I could have been in a barbecue. Yeah!
1: <laughs> Andrea's here. Hi, Andrea.
0: Hello.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy 4th of July, everybody. <laughs> We're going back. We started this year with a, uh, with a great... Great experience. Terrible.
2: We we began, Terrible year, we film. began year two of Loud and uh, Episode fifty three was Independence Day Resurgence. Kyle and I went to the theater. We recorded live. We did some field work. We walked out. If you remember, one year ago, Kyle. One year ago, and today is our hundred
1: and first episode, marking this uh, July fourth holiday week. And if you're surprised to hear James's voice and my voice and that we're back in the studio, it probably means you missed the joke. Maybe you only <laughs> listened to half the podcast. <laughs> I don't know what the case is, I'm but here, anyway, it's here. 101, we're here, no signs of stopping or slowing down. So with that, let's jump right into it. Andrea, thank you for joining us today for what will be our Independence Day!
0: Ah. I hope they bring back Elvis! <laughs>
1: Oh, it's a little line for a movie. Guess. That's right. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. So, so Independence no, Day
1: up. Resurgence was garbage. Yep. And should never have been made. But yep. Independence Day 1 was a huge blockbuster success and has, I guess, stood the test of time in that people still talk about it as one of their favorite action blockbuster Hollywood exploda alien Arama films. Uh, so what do you all think about it? I think it's pretty fun. Myself.
0: I love that movie. As a kid, I still quote it
1: to this day. <laughs> <laughs> it would have scared me as a kid. I don't know if I saw it as a kid. I probably saw it as a teenager.
0: Wow, 1996.
2: 1996.
0: Yeah, ninety six. I
2: was ten years old. You were ten. I was ten in ninety six. how old
0: were you? Mm, five. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. I forget how young you are. <laughs> oh my god, <gosh>, I was eighteen. <laughs> Eight day. I
2: remember when I saw it. I loved it as well. I wasn't the movie cynic back then. I lacked that truly critical eye. I didn't have the, uh, <laughs> I didn't have the cynical outlook to the world that I have now. Um, yeah, eighteen years old, still you know like fresh out of high school, recently graduated from high school. I thought the movie was awesome. Yeah. I remember the movie. The movie house walls were shaking with every explosion that went off. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. I remember Dad putting on my like our,
0: re- our sound system in the
2: house, like all the surround sound for the movie. It'd be like, I remember when the dog leapt to safety in that tunnel in LA. Remember the dog? Best part. And the crowd went fucking nuts. The flames <laughs> went by. Never mind that millions of people just got incinerated. Like, yeah. I hope this one dog I lives. I hope this dog's okay. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. It jumped in and then the door shut. Should be all right, you know?
1: It's funny that most people have that kind of gut reaction when they see movies and then yet. Most people seem like they don't give a shit about animals or, you know, the environment or anything. Oh, it's kind yeah. of yeah, interesting. That's... But a movie dog movie is dog. different. Man's
0: uh, you know, you...
2: <laughs> best friend. It's, it's... You
0: know the dog's story, you know.
2: Right. It's Air Bud. Air Bud.
0: Also came out around that time. And oh, yeah. Air
2: Bud 2, where he played baseball. <laughs> How the fuck was can he play baseball?
0: Man? I thought it was a terrier.
2: Whatever. Okay,
1: Independence Day. <laughs> uh <laughs> Obviously, no shortage of spectacle in this film. I think mm. it was one of the, kind of the first big, huge budget blockbuster, blow them up kind of things. And uh, there are not many iconic scenes in action movies quite like when the White House just gets vaporized by <laughs> a uh, by a giant alien spacecraft.
0: <laughs> <It's a> fantasy, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! What's so great about it is that the DVD, or no, it wasn't DVDs then. The, the the VHS you got of that movie when it came out. Here we go. Right? It had one of those those boxes where if you move it... What is it called? We should
1: have talked about that on our DVD extras.
0: Well, is it, what is it called when you... Like, yeah, like, one of those kind of
1: like hologram-esque yes. things like where you tilt it and you can see the difference. It,
0: yeah, it goes from the White House to the White House exploding to the White House to the White House exploding. That was the
1: original VHS extra there. Box art.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Interactive. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's, here's something. Here's... here's... All that, that, that action sequence is totally iconic. In fact, they totally fucked it up in Independence Day Resurgence. They couldn't even, like, replicate the success of the... Here's where everything goes bad, right? Remember that? Uh-huh. Remember how underwhelming that was in the new one? Yeah, they kind of jumped the shark when they,
1: you know, could have just nuked the moon right at the start of Independence yeah. Day <laughs>
2: Resurgence. But um, <laughs> what's funny to me is that the alien ships go over the major cities at the beginning. they target like 15 major cities, like uh-huh. Moscow, New York City... Washington D.C. Yeah, yeah. Was it just five? I
0: think it was five. Oh snap!
2: Why do you think it was fifteen? I
0: don't. Know. I just want to quote this. It Probably five,
1: because six. of a rival and them doing like a very similar oh, thing. Oh, that was cool. Oh, well, the
2: funny thing is, <laughs> <laughs> the statistics brain over here. <laughs> you know, we understand the symbolism of destroying the White House, but how does that make any sense from a military standpoint for the for the aliens? You know, like a, know that much there's not like a strategic it's it's not psychological geological warfare. Blow up the White House. I sure. guess. All the Aliens must know that. But how blow up the hell, they blew Blowing up the Hoover Dam would have been a thousand times worse. Well, yeah. Oh, or they
1: could have just, you well, know, anything. not come down to Earth and from a distance blown it the fuck up. <laughs>
2: so why are we analyzing this can, part? Of can this? I quote Kyle? <laughs> uh, this, this, this is my idea for the aliens. <laughs> Blow up the moon! <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's Kyle right there. Why not? Blow All up the right. earth. Why not?
0: Actually, I have strategy behind that.
1: Okay. Huh?
0: So the aliens are there to... Show force,
1: up. enslavement. Sorry, I'm jumping the shark myself. Can I speak? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I got excited.
0: Uh, they're here for natural resources. They're like, locusts. Oh, yes. you might remember that scene from the movie. Uh-huh. So it wouldn't be wise of them to blow up the Hoover Dam. Because they need to extract all of our water. Good point. But like, screw the White House. Deep that is war. that is psychological warfare. Yeah. Scare everybody, so then they can just easily take our resources. They should
2: have. They should have went after the fucking Mall of America in Minnesota. I would like to see that thing blow up.
0: I think that they're smart enough to know that processed foods <laughs> are complete garbage. Yeah. Hot <laughs>
1: Cheetos. Are they after
2: our hot Cheetos? <laughs> oh, that's
1: great. Yeah, so you, what, Tutu, what you were saying, there wasn't uh, in, I mean, I don't, I don't want to discuss the sequel much in this, but there was no tension, but this built tension so well yes, with those ships yes, showing up yes. and everything. And then they replicated that in Arrival so well, when you just, mm-hmm. the unknown of everything kind of at the beginning, before all hell broke loose, mm-hmm. but that kind of unknown that was sitting there was so unsettling and, uh, and
2: interesting. Yo, know, Kyle, that's a really good point, actually, because the arrival of the ships in Independence Day takes its time, and it un- unravels in that way. Where it builds the tension, they hover over the cities for a while and they have mixed reactions to that. Uh-huh. In the new one, they arrive and they blow everything up, and next thing you know, they, it's sitting on top of the whole planet, and then, 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 it's got its own gravity. And next thing you know, they're fighting back. and look. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it was so gorgeous. It has its own gravity. It has um, its own gravity. Let's, uh, I
0: don't want to talk about this All anymore. right, let's go. We got a the original. I haven't <laughs> seen the second one. I don't want to see it. it I doesn't think doesn't I saw like exist. 20 minutes of it. and not pretend watch like it doesn't But let's focus on the first
1: I one. look back on this fondly, and it was a, I mean,
0: how old were you when you originally?
1: Uh, I I think like a teenager. Okay. Um, and it, it was a, a quality action film. I mean, at the time, I'm sure if I had analyzed and think, there's probably a lot of you know your classic pitfalls with action movies and plot holes and things like that. But it uh it it had spectacle and it had a punch that that wasn't present in other films. I think at the time, I think they took that risk to for what it was about.
0: Well, what is it about? Would one of you guys like
2: to... Yes, James. Oh, What's man. the
1: film about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> An alien mothership has arrived to Earth and divides itself about 15 times. It's a smaller disc-shaped craft that descend upon the Earth and use a super weapon to obliterate the major American cities. Um, and, but their long-term plan is, in fact, the, the co-opting of all our natural resources. First, they have to eliminate the humans living on the planet so they can take all of their take all of our natural resources in the meantime scrappy humans fight back because a long time ago a smaller scout ship had been lost on planet earth to area 51 and they will that will ultimately be their undoing how'd i do it's all right but <sighs> once okay. i didn't stammer through it in the <laughs> <laughs> it's got president lone star in it yes oh, yeah. president will Lone Star. Holman.
1: good lord yeah yeah, so, so when this came out, did you see it in the theaters? Of course, yes. I already said that. And and what was the what was kind of the feel of every like what was the census
2: of the audience and everything when it came out? What did people say about it? Oh, they loved it. You, if you remember, like we said earlier, when the dog gets rescued and the 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 door shuts from that tunnel, the dog is inside, the light bulb blows mm-hmm. out, and everything goes dark, and then a caption appears on the screen, July third on the black, it's, it's mm. white text on a black screen. And the next shot, as you fade in, is a picture of the Statue of Liberty's head floating in New York Harbor. The Twin Towers are charred versions of themselves look like two burnt out cigarettes standing on the horizon. And the whole theater was like, oh, dead silent, like, oh my, it felt like we just got attacked, you know? It was intense. And then every time they fought back, and every time Will Smith's like, welcome to earth, and, and punching the aliens, whatnot, yeah, they, everybody <laughs> went crazy and laughed and cheered. Yeah. it was great. It was a festive thing. It so, was a festive so thing. remind me of a plot point. And did, it
1: did
0: come out during Independence Day.
1: Oh, good. I guess yeah, I yeah. That's good. Did was there an initial response to the aliens coming down where people were like, maybe they're just here to like make contact or anything? Did they prep for that, or did it seem hostile from the get go and then just?
0: I think they get had rolling? shown the White House blowing up in trailers.
1: Yeah, they did. Oh, but I mean in movie world.
2: In, in oh, movie no, reality. they were all
0: excited. Okay. They were like, oh, they're on top of buildings, yeah. like, having cool. signs, like, take me with you yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, it
2: was a rooftop party in L.A. <laughs> if you remember, the, uh, the United States military's first attempt at communicating was to fly a helicopter right along next to the ship. And then try to flash communication signals on big light boards. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And the aliens just shoot that out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of fucking around SWAT. Yeah. Yes. And that's when everything goes. Oh, they're hostile. When they are not interested in like reciprocating the communication, a la arrival, they just blow one of our Apaches out of the sky. Then the White House kicks into action. Jeff Goldblum discovers the you know the, the countdown signal and all that. So.
1: It builds well. The tension builds well. It does, and I like that there's there's more sections of the film where it builds up, and one of the my favorite parts, and probably a lot of people's favorite parts, is when Will Smith brings the alien back. He he captured mm -hmm. one of them out of the ships, and he's dragging it back in his parachute, Mm -hmm. and he takes it to that facility, and the scientists Mm -hmm. are working on it, and then of course... It wakes up. It wakes up, and all hell breaks loose, and it kind of like takes that guy over and like smashes him up against the window and everything. And it's like communicating through him. Mm -hmm. That was so powerfully interesting. And it showed not just that they had, you know, war machines and destructive capability, but they they were so much more advanced and more menacing on that level as well. And I loved that. And it just continued to build the tension through there and, and, then, how would they ever stand a chance after that point, even if they were learning about them and trying to advance? Yeah.
0: That actor was data from Star Trek, wasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Which I felt like he hit it a little bit more home. It's like, yeah. oh gosh, mm-hmm. this is a slap in the face right now.
2: Yeah, totally. That was one of my favorite parts. What was your favorite part? I, well, I don't know if I have a favorite part. I really love the destruction scenes. That was, by the way, that was done with practical effects too. Mm-hmm. That wasn't CGI when you see. Walls of flame pouring their way through city streets and whatnot in minute and yeah like cars smell oh it was all done with miniatures and whatnot. I remember seeing some extra shit on that. Hey. Hey, miniatures. look at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really liked when I was a kid. Well, I wasn't a kid and I was eighteen, but I was guess amused by this being a simpleton, whatever. <laughs> Uh, the fact that they were able to tie the whole mythology, if you will, of Area 51 into the movie. I thought that was clever. That like, was clever. When the president was like, we've never had any contact with these fuckers ever before, whatever he says, right? And his, his aide is like, that's not entirely true, sir. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And like, well, yeah. we got to take you to this little spot. You may have heard of it. Area 51, you haven't even heard about it. Like, Well, he's heard about it, but not, you know. Like, uh-huh. That'll make it's, it's like, okay, finally, the U.S. government has to like sort of come clean, you know? Mm. Yeah. So they do, and they go to Area Fifty-One. Is a clever like tie into some real life. I hate this term, but whatever. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. yeah. Like they were able to sort of <laughs> use that, like bring it in and move the plot along quite nicely. Yeah. Really? yeah, and it's probably the perfect venue
1: for utilizing that type of content too, because that's fun for people to jive about and think of it just passively for people that don't really believe in that. I will say, yeah. uh, they probably think that it's way more uh, of a big deal. Um, and then to include it in a big Hollywood, you know, blockbuster thing and to build plot around that is inherently interesting and makes it and gives it a new life. That They can talk about it. And it's not, you know, as controversially uncomfortable <laughs> as speaking to people about different reality to believe things like that. Andre, what was your favorite part?
0: Um, I really love all of the subplots. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what were some of your favorites?
0: Oh, of course, Will Smith will smith is amazing in that film i loved his uh subplot that he's a air force pilot who originally wanted to be an astronaut but they keep rejecting him he just wants to go to space and he has his baby mama vivica fox to have a kid together he wants to get married to her but he doesn't know oh my gosh and then we got jeff goldblum who is divorced from a woman who's an aide to the president and for some reason i think there was also some like love triangle between the president Jeff Goldblum's wife and Jeff Goldblum and that's why like there's that kind of tension there. I just love that story because he's like kind of hitting rock bottom but then he gets this whole alien thing and then all of a sudden it's like he's a hero and I just (laughs) love the nerd hero. (laughs) He's just great. And then of course there's the third subplot of that like no offense, white trash family, (laughs) that, like, (laughs) the dad in the trailer, and the dad's like, I was abducted by aliens. I know these people or these creatures. Yet another
1: fun conspiracy theory. Yeah, and then
0: he goes in to fly, and, you know, everyone thinks he's a piece of shit because he's an alcoholic. Give him
2: a plane.
0: Yeah, give him a plane. (laughs) And then he saves the day, and his kids are like, wow, maybe he was such a bad guy in last... 18 years of my life I've been complete shit in a trailer with an alcoholic father, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end when they all like drive out in the desert on the Jeep and the like women like run to them and they're like, oh, they're like smoking their cigars. Jeff Goldblum and most make a really good pair, I thought. They're a good duo at the end.
1: That was a good, a good buddy situation because they're so very different from each other mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. just in like, I don't want to say in appearance, I'm not referencing race, but wow. in, in <laughs> yeah. that, he does have the nerd look and he has like the Air Force, you know, fighter pilot. These guys wouldn't be friends, you know, out in real yes. life unless yeah. they were put into this circumstance together. And then they find their commonalities and things that they enjoy together and go through that experience mm-hmm. and then are like super bonded. And that's really fun to see. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I remember this one scene in particular, the, the James movie Cynic did exist for a brief moment of time. Back in the day, 1996, when I saw this movie, <clears throat> if you remember, when uh, the United States is launching their attack, and they start communicating via Morse code with the rest of the planet about how they're gonna upload the virus and they're gonna, you know, go for the weak spot, whatever. Um, they go around the world. They start doing like visiting the other places around the world, and they're getting the Morse code. And, oh, we'll like da 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 da. And I think it's the British or the Australians or the French. When they get the Morse code message, if you remember this, it goes something like, the Americans are planning a counterattack. <sighs> well, it's about time. Well, what the fuck were you idiots doing this whole time? Like, <laughs> why? You know, like, what a weak point in the script. Like, why does it have to be like, the Americans have to start the counterattack in order for you to get off your ass? It's like, we well, are just going to, what if we didn't come up with a counterattack? Are you just going to sit there and, with your thumb up your ass the whole time?
0: Well that just speaks to how Hollywood always likes to portray America. Exactly.
1: As that's, super, what I'm, that's what I'm getting. Super country. At of and that's it's
0: is about time. Fuck <laughs> you. That is
1: <laughs> that is something that I really wanted to talk about as oh, well. Good. So the the I guess metaphor of this film and Independence Day and what it means to patriotism, because a lot of people look at this right now and think that this is a very patriotic film, you know, about mm-hmm. blowing the aliens away. And stuff and that came out on Independence Day weekend and everything. So, what's the what's the subtext here? What's what's beneath the the veil on this? Because I looked at it very very similarly to that. I thought that it was a very, you know, Yosemite Sam, you know, <laughs> shooting your guns up in the air like a, a kind of propaganda
2: situation.
0: It was a bit of propaganda.
2: Yeah. So, what are you guys doing? James um I'm, I'm sure this has been said by many a historian over the years i'm gonna mangle the quote but i'll put my own little spin on it nothing unites a civilization like a common enemy right mm-hmm. you always have to have you always have to be afraid of somebody else you always have to be fighting against somebody else you know the enemy of the enemy the enemy of my enemy is my friend you know so it, you see this playing out all the time in real life you know the next thing is the Syrians, then it's the russians then it's the this then it's the that and it, you always have to keep the people, like, afraid. Like, oh, it's such garbage. I, I just spun away into a tangent so bad there. But it, it speaks to the bigger thing. Like, like what – this is also in movies like Watchmen. Like, how can I yes. unite the world for world peace? Something off of the world has to attack the whole world for the world to be united, you know? Mm. It can't be on, like, common ground or it can't be on common interests. Or kindness or empathy, it always has to be because something is threatening us. Mm-hmm. And so, world unity and world peace always has to be achieved through violence. Mm-hmm. And, but do they have world unity? Or, in what you were just
1: describing in that situation, does the rest of the world just look and it's like, oh, thank God America's our savior, and they have, like, you know, mm-hmm. their thumb on everybody else all the time? Well, in that movie, yeah, that's true. But and they, then the development of that movie and then bringing it out on Independence Day and pandering it to our young 18-year-old audiences that are watching it and enjoying the planes blow up. Is this an ultimate piece of brainwashing or am I just watching a conspiracy theory here happen myself? <laughs> it's, it, what's, what's the implication? It sure. works like a motherfucker. They still I do think it to these things What in do transports? you think, Andrea? Yeah. No, I think it's
0: brainwashing at the highest entertainment level. At the yeah. highest
2: entertainment level. Yeah. On my way here, when I drove to, I, I drove through the neighborhood surrounding this area, one of the playgrounds in the, in a playground up the street has a fucking fighter jet that kids can play around. Have you seen
0: that? Yep. Oh, my God. It's on
2: 19th and Yoloa. I yeah. It? yeah How the 19th. hell can we live in the San Francisco Bay Area? Nobody's gone in uh. there with a, gra- a graffiti can, a spray can, and been like, death machine. Not fun. You know, like, <laughs> do you, what are you...
0: I don't think it was a fighter jet. I think it's a, I think
2: it's supposed to be a spaceship. No, nope. like a, it's a fighter like a jet. Shuttle. It's got yes. fuselages and everything. <laughs> oh, and it's parallel to the ground. It ain't, it ain't pointed up to space. Oh. Unbelievable. That's fucked up. Yeah. So, there you go. Independence Day! <laughs> hey, we did say, Kyle, After when I had to call into the studio the other day, right? The gloves are say? off. The gloves are off. Loud of the set is not going to be all about just movies from now on. We tell Whoa. stories. We tell jokes. We're getting deep. So fuck all this propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay. So what's your least favorite part of the movie? <laughs> Andrea, you go. I just flapped for a lot. Um, do I have a least favorite part of the
0: movie? I don't think I've thought about it that hard. I haven't
2: either. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. I got my least favorite part. You ready for this? Do it. There's one scene in particular, and this is this is so nitpicky. It's... The pickiest when the White House is being blown up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, if you remember, the president and his helicopter get away, but there's a helicopter that doesn't get away. Do you remember this? There's always a helicopter that doesn't. Holy cow. Get away. Anyway, the White House gets blown up in the background, it's kind of in the background. Yeah, in the foreground of the shot is a helicopter that because of the impact of the blast has been turned kind of sideways, oh, right. So yeah. that the propellers are facing you. It Looks so fucking fake. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah, I, do. I remember this. I remember this very well because in the previews on the TV before this movie came out, that helicopter wasn't there. So somebody added it in later and it looks so fake. It looks so fucking fake. It gets its own sound effect too because the White House, is like, boom, has its explosion and sound effect. And then the helicopter is like way forward, as if they like. We're planning on making it 3D to have like, you know, have 3D movies that are obviously like, oh, obviously this scene is totally shoehorned in for a 3D element, right? That has... And then they're like, ah, we don't have enough money left over. And they just left that one helicopter in. You know what I'm talking about? That has a, a
1: residual stamp of some studio executive who was like, but but other movies are using uh, CGI. So we, we got to have at least something in there with uh, CGI so that we can keep up with, you know, that stuff. And everybody else is like, no... Some
2: some producer, It looks
1: fine how it is. Yeah, yeah. Some producer's Absolutely. nephew was an intern like, right. fucking around with
2: you know like my first CGI kill. <laughs> <laughs> like it be after effects. I, can I remember that. that very 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 clearly actually. Okay.
0: Maybe the scene I didn't like but eh, okay, this is this is a little pulling. But okay. When they're they've uploaded the, they're in the mothership, they've uploaded the virus, and there's this kind of this scene where the aliens realize like like a uh, what, the virus goes onto their screen? It's like a skull, and they I think they literally go make a sound. Kind of sounds like uh oh. oh. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yes. And, and then like their little their mm-hmm. little port thing blows up, and then they like.
1: That's just unduck. so nineties though, too. So 90s. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god.
0: I mean, it looks bad. Kind of appalled. It's nearly time, like
1: I'm like the serious. fourth wall break kind of <laughs> yes. stuff that they would do. <laughs> oh my god! Without rape, they'd have like one character. Like everything would be. You know trying to keep an even tone and then there's just like the outrageous character or whatever like the outrageous situation that has to be involved You're a doink. that's yes that's so 90s that's hilarious so one of the things I think that this movie does really well is the the iconography of mm. uh, and, and of everything really with the idea of like Aliens and the giant motherships and the White House—the imagery, the types of things that they, the president—you know—they bring everything into the highest level of kind of um, identification and iconography. And I think that that speaks to some more underlying metaphors about things. The fact that they're uploading a virus onto the mothership, like mm-hmm. you're talking about. Um, there's there's definitely some more analysis that could be done on on looking at the idea of like the supermen and and what that kind of means to the rest of the world, because we look at it through a very uh, Earth-centric view, like what we're doing, but, it, you know, that's that very realistically, you know, could be the next step of our war machines, and we could be the aliens going to other planets and things and, and assessing threats and taking that on, and, and we could be those people, um, and susceptible to the same same types of things so there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of hidden things that are underneath all the explosions and and conversations about it
0: so you're saying that independence day is way more deep than we think it is
1: i think that you can evaluate it at a deeper level using those sorts of um kind of larger uh what are those called um allegorical kind of icons and everything Uh, that, that's why I liked that they, you know, that they took some, I'll say, some risks with it in terms of, you know, it, it probably wasn't, unless you knew things were going to be okay, maybe a fantastic uh, marketing campaign to just blow the White House up on screen, you know, and things like that. It It does take some risks in terms of how extreme it was for the time and the type of, like, massive destruction movie it was and, like putting people
2: on their toes in that manner and
1: everything. Yeah.
2: Well, it, we, it's from, from a from a movie making and a cultural standpoint, we got it out of the way. Like, yeah. with the advancement in special effects, a movie like this was bound to happen where everything just gets flattened right. in a really realistic, in a really realistic, in a very realistic looking way. And now we know that that's not enough for any movie. They, mm-hmm. they have like, White House Down or, and, and what was the other one? There was like, Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, like, yeah. It's not enough anymore to just take an icon Blow it to hell and expect the box office to just roll in. So thank mm-hmm. God we got this out of the way. In fact, Emrick and Dean Devlin, the, the duo that cranked this out, um, they're they're like a a, a joke to themselves now. All the yeah. f- they they've copycat themselves to death mm-hmm. this book, right? The day after tomorrow, twenty what was it, 2012, right? mm-hmm. that uh, twenty twelve, right? twenty thousand BC. I can Hilarious. name so many of these the shit movies they've made. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Where they think that just having the trailer with that sequence,
1: and I think that's again what makes this
2: special is it's
1: all playing back into that one idea. Yeah. And I think they did it really well yeah. and utilized, like you said, some very culturally specific uh, types of icons and and plot pieces surrounding uh, as it goes through the whole thing. And yeah, now it's just derivations of that idea yeah. over and over and over again with no innovation. But then we get something like a rival that shows up, mm-hmm. which has a similar structure in that there could be devastation or unease or that there are superpowers beyond, you know, mm-hmm. what we know of. And it plays out in such a unique way it's um, that w- with everything that is so much more interesting inherently than just the the fear of the destruction, you know, disaster movies now. I mean, we, we did it right off the cuff at the beginning of the podcast because it is such a joke now that, you know, there's going to be a disaster movie every summer and they're going to cash in because it's an inherent fear that people have of the world and their society or their culture, you know, being wiped out. And they kind of did, did something interesting here and they rallied it and made it around like the American experience with Hollywood and everything. But, uh, it's just utilizing that inherent fear of uh, that complete annihilation.
0: Excellent. Actually, now I have a lot of respect for Independence Day. It's such a foundational <laughs> film of, like, blowing up.
2: Blowing shit up! Blowing things up that are
0: you know near and dear to most people mm-hmm. in their cultural realm.
2: I got one last nitpick I wanted to mention. because sure. It's on my notes here. Um, borderline least favorite moment. I mentioned the helicopter and how phony it looked and whatnot. But also when Randy Quaid's character, the drunk, right, mm-hmm. the drunk crop duster or whatever the hell he yeah. was, yeah. It, it takes him forever to get up into that into that weapon. Remember, he's like he's gonna commit suicide. He's gonna fly his way up into the mega weapon and and, and destroy it from within. But holy cow, it took, it took that scene took forever to unfurl, didn't it? It I mean, cut back to him like ten times in the copyright. like here I come, and then back to the ground. People watching it. Up your nose with a rubber hoe. He said so many stupid cliches, and it just took forever. No? Uh-huh. I, mean, I was like, would somebody just shoot his ass out the sky, the of the sky, please? That was the
0: drama, you know? It was Ow. his character. It should have been bang, bang. Yeah. I'm back. Oh, my God. Oh, he said that, too. Yeah, yeah. hey, boys, I'm back. And then he goes, up. Oh. Oh
2: I said up yours. I said up your nose, or rubber hose. <laughs> Barbarino.
0: <laughs> you know, speaking of that, just don't do
2: long. It should have been
0: That's true. But when I was a kid, I remember counting because you know one of the lines that the president says because he's also in one of the fighter planes yep. shooting the aliens. Of course, is he's like that's
1: our fantasy.
0: Right, <laughs> everyone's running out of missiles to shoot these yep. aliens. And I remember like counting when I was because I watched it so many times when we had VHS. Like counting how many missiles are on the plane and how many everyone uses, and I'm just like, "There should be more missiles out there." <laughs> they're really like, unless they're just like shooting anything and everything. And so when the president says, "Does anyone out there have any more missiles?" and he's like, "Sorry, <laughs> Mr. President, I'm back here now." And I'm like, all hey. out of missiles. And then he yeah, he <laughs> totally misfires and. What? And then the shields. How did they even break down the shields? I don't even remember how they did that. The virus. No, but did they? Oh. Yeah,
2: the virus. They the... had to
0: go up into space first to do that. And yeah. then they brought down the Okay. Like
2: yeah. the Battle of Endor. Yeah. Same fucking thing.
1: Anyway. Same, Same thing. <laughs> 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 All right. Final thoughts on Independence Day. And we'll grade it.
0: Oh, gosh. Great Will Smith quotes. It's great. It's a great movie. Entertainment about it. You should watch it it's
2: holiday weekend you haven't seen it watching that it's a classic foundational Uh, I'll give it a B a B I'm sure if I watched it again I would nitpick the hell out of it it's interesting that they got away with all those subplots something they couldn't pull off 20 years later at all right the subplot you don't get distracted by the subplots they actually kind of move the story along nicely it's paced This movies paced pretty well too Yeah. I'll give it that. It's paced well. For what did we see the runtime was? Like
1: two hours, 30 minutes? Yeah. That's pretty long for the attention span of 90s audiences too. That's true. We only kind of broke the mold when Lord of the Rings, you know, the first Lord of the Rings was like two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. And that was like the first time, I remember that being in newspapers. It's like, People are willing to sit through, you know, this crazy long movie and stuff. <laughs>
0: and because until in yeah, it was, like, fucking dancing with wolves, which is just, like, feels like five hours. It's probably like two and a half.
1: Yeah. Good point. What would you grade it, Andrea? Yeah, i a B. A B? Yeah. C+. Plus.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, because the more I think about it... Uh,
0: You think it's not that much better than Wonder Woman, a movie you haven't even seen?
2: (laughs) True. (laughs) Well, I gave away something for the podcast with Time Machine right there. To come in
1: the future. Uh, (laughs) But but, uh, no, so so as we're reflecting on it, one of the things I'm thinking about is just the idea of, you know, the fantasy American, like, Somebody sat there at some point and was like, what if... A- what would America what would- do? If aliens came, what would we do? We'd Our president would get in a plane and <laughs> blow those fuckers out of the sky.
0: But that's so different than what, like... 10 or 15 years later, or excuse me, previous, you had Close Accounts of the Third Kind with Steven Spielberg. Right. And that was all about, like, love and, uh-huh. you know. I mean, first paranoia, but then welcoming, and they take us away. And it was positive. And E.T., uh-huh. also positive. And then you have this. So who is this person you are referencing who has come up with Independence Day?
1: This is a... Uh... How has
0: the world changed to change it from peaceful 80s alien to scary 90s era.
1: I think you just described it. I think it's it's a, an identifiable kind of gear change where Hollywood realized that they could make a shit ton of money if they just started playing off of people's fears and start playing the pandering card, giving them mm. what, you know, their like fantasy environment of whatever will make them the most money and please the most people possible. And I'm sure that That's uh, that was a lot of consideration and action movie. I mean that you can put out an action movie that is 900,000 times more successful than a film like Moonlight that comes out in the theater is the exact answer to that question where what is more important and what what should be more accessible to people and that more people should value is that and inherently it's not. So I feel terrible about that. That being said. It is a fun and visually <laughs> appealing movie to watch with some good one-liners and fun acting chemistry. So thus is my grade, based on my feelings in the right. world.
2: Right.
1: There it is. Oh,
0: there
1: you go. Well, with that, <laughs> we're out of time. Independence Day. Yeah. Interesting. I would love to know what people's first experience watching Independence Day was like. What did you feel? How do you feel about it now if you reflect on it? Mm-hmm. Send us some mail, loudontheset at gmail.com. You know who we are. Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. And today, Andrea, thanks for being here. Andrea, you can check us out on YouTube and iTunes, anywhere you find podcasts. We are there. If you haven't seen Independence Day, I think we can all confer. I say watch it.
0: You should totally watch yeah. it, especially now. You have to watch it.
1: Definitely watch it. Evaluate it, critically and have a wonderful time. See you later.
0: Bye.
2: And cut.